Welcome to the We Are VIP podcast. Each week, your host, Casey Haston, Director of Recruiting at VIP, will bring you valuable insights from thought leaders, introduce you to incredible companies, and bring you tips for landing your dream job from our team of executive recruiters at VIP. And now, Casey Haston. Welcome to the We Are VIP podcast, a podcast devoted to adding value to your career or candidate search, brought to you by VIP. I'm your host, Casey Haston, Executive Recruiter, Director of Recruiting with VIP, and your all-around hiring guru. And you know it is my passion to bring you great topics, whether you're a candidate searching for a job or a company looking to up-level your culture. And so today, I've brought a very special guest, actually two guests into the studio, Amanda Tabor Davis and Audrey Tabor, her daughter. Um, Audrey is the ambassador for muscular dystrophy for North Texas and works closely with the MDA to advocate for those with disabilities and fundraise for families suffering from the disease. Amanda is her mom and a full-time career professional. Today, Audrey and Amanda join us to discuss disabilities in the workplace and shed light on how employers can create a flexible and positive environment for those with disability and for employees who may be caring for someone with disabilities. I am so excited to have you two in the studio with <laughs> me today. Thank you. Thanks for having us. <laughs> for a lot of reasons. Number one, we are back in the studio. And number two, just to be able to share this experience with you. So I often start the show to talking about um, how I got connected to someone. So Amanda, how did we meet? <laughs> <laughs> Very interesting. We go way back. <laughs> if you can't tell, we happen to be sisters. <laughs> yeah, so, um, and I was telling the story the other day, Amanda, she is so smart and so brilliant that she developed her own language when she was a child and only I could understand it and it was such a you know mom, our mom was just like beside herself because she couldn't understand her so so anyway guys and Audrey how is it like being home with you know not going to school and all that kind of stuff right now honestly I've just slept a lot <laughs> you. yes how are you and Zaley getting along we don't talk Oh, well, of course. For two, two teenage girls, yeah. It's difficult. And Zaylee being a little bit more of an introvert, she's kind of having a good time. Good deal. Good deal. So I am so excited that we're here to talk about this topic today, Absolutely. adversity in the workplace. And I think that we, we've got several different angles that we're going to look at regarding this topic. But, you know, I think the work that you do to support the Muscular Dystrophy Association is wonderful and surely impacting many families in the area. Um, how is the MDA advocating to help those with disabilities? Yeah, um, MDA has, from day one, been there to support us in anything that we need. We can call on them to talk about um, testing that's needed. They've actually contributed financially to helping pay for tests. Um, and something that they do that a lot of people aren't aware of is the lobbying for legislative um, changes. So um, kids and everyone with disabilities in the muscular, um, neuromuscular area can, can benefit. Yeah. That is awesome. Well, Audrey, at the age of 13, you make appearances on behalf of the MDA, um, <laughs> and you speak about, or make appearances, and you speak about your experiences, you fundraise, and you act as a leader at the MDA camp, correct? Yeah. Um, that's incredible, and you clearly have not let this stand in your way. How do you, what helps you to stay so positive and stay so active in all that you do? Well, I have really good friends that help me, like, be positive throughout all of it, but also it's like everyone has their struggle, so this is just mine. 
and I've had it since I was like, well, since I was born. <laughs> and so I just, I don't know what it's like without it. So it's not that hard to like live without it. Well, I can tell you, having watched you from the day you were born, literally, you know, I have seen nothing but positivity come out of you. And you have really just, I mean, the smile, you just <laughs> smile all the time, you know, and I think it's wonderful. Um, what has been your experience in your school environment? Um, well, DISD is very, like, accommodating. Like, our, my school right now has two floors, so, and I can't go upstairs, so I just use the elevators. And if we have fire drills, they always make sure to tell me before the fire drill, so I make sure I'm, like, prepared, and, or I can go down the elevator before. Oh, that's so. awesome. Mm -hmm. Awesome. And I know this is a little off topic, but we probably should have started with this, but can one of you tell us just a little bit more about muscular dystrophy and what it is and how it affects you? Sure. Absolutely. Do you want to talk about um, it? <laughs> I can start. You can chime in if you want. Um, so it's a muscular, muscular dystrophy is a um, degenerative disease of the muscle. Um, it is basically a, a varied um, in its degree of severity. So you can have a mild version or you can have a severe version, but all um, are progressive and that your muscles degenerate over time. And there's a lot of different neuromuscular diseases outside of muscular dystrophy, which is what Audrey has. Very good. Very good. <laughs> and so you mentioned not being able to go upstairs, yes. right? Um, is there anything else that you have to work around while you're at school? Or is it mainly um, just the stairs? Well, if there's like low chairs or if like they're sitting on the floor, like in gym class or something, but like they're always super accommodating, I can get a higher chair or... That's awesome. That's awesome. Very good. So, Amanda, um, I remember the day that you received the diagnosis because for so long we didn't know what it was. Right. Right. And um, since her diagnosis, have you had struggles in the workplace managing the different doctor's appointments and progressing your career while providing for a child with limitations? Yeah. And how old was she when that happened? Yeah, that's a really good question. Um, you know, a lot of the time before she was diagnosed at the age of eight, the, there was a lot of stress. Um, because I didn't understand I had even rights as a parent with a child with disabilities. I didn't understand that there was something, you know, where companies could and would be accommodating. But after the diagnosis and researching, um, we had a lot of um, discussions and I realized that my work-life balance wasn't quite right and that I was compensating at work trying to be um, the best I could and take care of Audrey where I needed to, you know, within the work time frame that I usually work. So um, I realized that I was probably going to have to change jobs. <laughs> um, and how long had you been at that job? Um, 16 years. And it was all about finding a company where I could be uh, productive and also take care of the needs of Audrey. And so I went to work for a company where I could work from home, um, allowed me the flexibility to take her to school and pick her up, which she can't get on a bus because she can't climb the stairs. So that was really a requirement, a real mm -hmm. need for us. So um, it allowed me the opportunity to step away during what would be normal work hours and you know do things I need to do, but also um, just having uh, the flexibility of being able to um, go to events and things like that, which is not just about disabilities, but really important for that work and life balance. Well, and I want to bring this up because, 
I don't know if many people know this, but my sister is my hero, <laughs> and you were doing this alone. Right. Yeah, as a single parent, it's difficult to, um, you know, have, you know, everything done that needs to be done, doctor's appointments, et cetera. And, you know, it, some companies can be very accommodating. Others may not be. <laughs> and so it, it doesn't mean it's less productive. It's just that you're doing things at different times maybe in your work, you know. Exactly. And to be able to provide during the day for your child. Well, I, I know I watched your struggles as you were trying to, you know, manipulate all those different appointments, especially in the beginning when right. we were still trying to figure out exactly which form of muscular dystrophy that right. she had. And so I just applaud you for being able to stay sane <laughs> and do all that, and especially alone, because, you know, you didn't have your, your, your father passed away. So, I mean, you were truly alone right. in that. So you did a great job. Nowadays, I'm married and yes, I have a lot of help and very excited and love that. You just had your one-year anniversary, right? Yes, in January. Congratulations to you, too. Thank you. Oh, so perfect. What is one piece of advice you wish you could share with employers to help them accommodate employees whose family members may have limitations? Yeah, so one of the things I recognize pretty early on is that if a company's culture has uh, what I like to call employee happiness, Kind of mm -hmm. values um, or you can say employee obsessed because that's the new trend with customer obsessed and you know being able to have a value that's focused on certain areas so employee happiness and if you focus on that not necessarily having a you know disability culture but more of a employee happiness culture that kind of brings into the all of the disability needs and and provides the flexibility to ensure all employees are happy, including those that have children with disabilities or those that have disabilities. I like that a lot. Yeah. That's that's really good. And I think that it's important that, you know, the culture, you know, wraps its arms around those people. And I just recently had a guest on the show, which not quite the same, but it what but it is because it's related to that company culture. Mm -hmm. And it was um, she has just released a program called the Empathic Employer, and I don't know if I've told you about yeah, this. You did. Yeah, But she um, she is teaching companies how to build that culture if you want to, one of inclusion, right? You know, and that's what I think you're talking about is inclusion. Absolutely. Um, to, you know, if someone has a grief episode, how do you help them transition back into work after mm. that episode? And I think. You know, if you find out that you have a child with limitations, not a disability, that mm -hmm. you find you bring that person in and you wrap your arms around them and you help them be a part of the company, but still give them the space they need to take care of their child. Yeah, and the employees that are working with someone that has limitations or disabilities is also really benefiting from it because they're learning something different. Um, you know, I've noticed throughout our um, trials and tribulations that a lot of people didn't know what muscular dystrophy was and being able to provide that awareness has been a really good reward for us. That is awesome. You know, and I think it's interesting that you say that because even before she was diagnosed, I mean, you've heard of Muscular Dystrophy Association, but <laughs> I really didn't know what it was right. when you, you know, you shared the news with the family, and I was just like, what does this mean? Right, exactly, you not know? understanding what the impact is, because it is rare, mm -hmm. and so a lot of people don't have heard of it, but not necessarily seen it. Right, firsthand. Right, right. And I think I told you the other day that I had a guest on the show, and they, and this is what kind of prompted this topic mm -hmm. with you, because they own a restaurant, and they give preference to people with disabilities, because yeah. the owner has Parkinson's. 
and nobody would hire him. I saw that part. And so um, <laughs> I thought it was really interesting when I was sitting there talking to their marketing lady, and she goes, I have muscular dystrophy. And I was like, she's like, I've been dealing with it for 30 years. And I was like, <laughs> and it just made my heart so happy, you know, just to meet to see, someone and, yeah, you know, that had survived it that, for so long. Yeah. So I, I, I just, it can be really slowly progressive, and, and that's the form of um, muscular dystrophy that Audrey has, um, Bethlehem myopathy. Um, and um, some of them are unfortunately very quickly um, progressive. Um, Duchenne's muscular dystrophy, which is 100% boys that would get um, that um, due to the XY chromosome. Uh, you know way in. too much about this. But, <laughs> <laughs> we'll get into the genetics too much, but um, definitely, you know, there's a lot of work going into um, it with genetics and everything to help cure muscular dystrophy. And it's really going to benefit those that do have a shortened lifespan um, and, and really extend their life, hopefully. Where Audrey is, you know, expected to have a, a normal life. Um, age expectancy um, but it's hard to tell it, you know we live day to day not knowing what the progression will be and, and we've learned through that to live in the moment <laughs> be present enjoy the journey right yes that's awesome so Amanda another question for you let's say someone who has a child with a disability or limitation is looking to apply for a job which mm. I think you've got some really good insight on this right now yes <laughs> should they disclose the fact that they do have a child with limitations what's your thoughts on that yeah, I think yes, but it's a matter of when. Mm -hmm. um, having recently be been let go due to or laid off due to the pandemic, um, I have been applying for jobs and, you know, I found myself asking that question recently. And I think that um, what I found is best is not necessarily, I mean, when you go through the application process, you have you can answer, you can say you choose not to, but it does ask you, do you have a disability? Um, and then what it doesn't ask is, do you have a child with a disability? Right. Um, so I think during an interview process might be the best way to, to start to um, talk about that or even as late as, you know, if you have an offer to disclose. But I think definitely prior to going to work is a good sure. idea to talk about it. I, I, I wouldn't disagree. And I would think that if you said something prior to offer stage, and you didn't get an offer, that could potentially set That's the true. company up for some kind of discrimination Good. lawsuit. Absolutely. So as late as, you know, really having um, an offer on the table and talking to, through those, you know, it's like negotiations of what right. you, you know, that's something you say, I'm going to need some accommodations for my, you know, because I have a child with disability. Yeah. Have you thought about what those accommodations should look like? Um, it, it can be very different depending on, you know, what your disability is, but for, you know, for us and it being not me with a disability, so I don't need the, it's law ADA compliant anyway, but for the flexibility for us to, for me to be able to take her to her eight doctors and physical therapy, you know, every six months and being able to take her to school and pick her up. So I think everyone can be very different. Gotcha. Yeah. Gotcha. So for you, you'd probably be flexibility is what you'd be yeah, looking for absolutely. primarily. Okay. <laughs> what resources <laughs> are available to help yeah. employers create better environments? So I don't know all the resources that are available. Um, just having not been in that position to have to research it, but I know for sure that I have put um, people in touch with MDA mm -hmm. themselves to be able to help answer questions about what Audrey's needs are um, and what is um, what accommodations could be had and even physical therapist can talk to, you know, sometimes you have letters and stuff and that can help company. But I'm also sure there's companies that do that as well, like that help with disabilities. Gotcha. And, you know, I want to kind of go back to culture for a second because I recently, well, I think it was uh, the last episode had a guest that um, 
they have a software that they use to assist culture change where they do like little micro touches oh, with okay. their with the employees and it's just like super quick engagements but they're getting real-time information and hmm. feelings and how they react to certain things and then they can develop a baseline of what the culture is and then once they do that they can go in and start you know doing putting suggestions in there and putting little suggestions in there, still the interactions, the micro touches, to increase the culture or the cultural awareness. And I think that would be, my brain's turning, <laughs> would be something really good if we a company was looking to update or up-level its um, culture dealing with people like you. Yeah. Yeah, I think everything I know about culture and how companies want to change culture, it's knowing for a fact what your culture currently is and not trying to develop a culture without knowing that and then um, adjusting the culture to what you want it to be over time. So it makes sense. Yeah. yeah, I think that would be a great thing. And I know we kind of touched on this, but I want to dig into it a little bit deeper. So sure. we talked about the flexibility, but what kind of accommodations can an employer make to support an employee who may have to take care of someone, whether it's themselves, a child, a parent? You know, flexibility being one. Mm -hmm. I mean, is there anything else that they can do? Any it, other kind of support? It's just really about um, talking to the employee. It comes back to understanding what their needs are because they can vary so much. Mm -hmm. A blind person, you know, sure. might need some accommodations with, you know, Braille, you know, signs, or, you know, it can be all over um, the place. But I think that I really am going to go back to if they have a culture of, other employees embracing those person, it can be one of the best environments for a person with disabilities. And you said and something support. interesting the other day when we were talking, we were kind of just kind of going over a little bit of the content that I thought, and you were like, one of the things, you know, this is Audrey's mission in life is to bring awareness to the muscular dystrophy, but who's to say that someone, you know, if a blind person is working in an office, who's to say that might not spark somebody else to learn Braille? Right, exactly. Really widening, you know, other people's education and you know just their quality of life exactly okay what are some of the myths people have about hiring people with disabilities or family members with disabilities oh this was an easy one <laughs> <laughs> I think one of the biggest myths is that they think that the person is not going to be as productive potentially um, and that goes for the person with a disability working or even like a parent with a you know, child with disability working. But in a lot of cases, and you know, just speaking firsthand, I know my goal is to make sure that I am very productive, that I am the most productive out there. So I definitely put in 110% and uh, do hours differently so that I can get what needs to be done done versus, you know, working during normal business hours. Okay, but I'm just going to throw out there, <laughs> you would have done that anyway. Probably. <laughs> <laughs> you are just a little bit of an overachiever. <laughs> Put my mind to something. That's right. <laughs> so, Audrey, coming back to you for just a second. So, tell me a little bit more about being an ambassador. It's just like telling other people like what it is and it's like usually you'd see an ambassador who's like in a wheelchair because you can see it more but like you can't see it on me it's called like a hidden disability so it's like more awareness to hidden disabilities too. Oh I like that too yeah. and didn't y'all recently do a walk or something? MDA walk. That's yeah. One of our big ones. Yeah. To raise awareness. That's awesome and how do you let people know about that? So like if somebody in our audience wanted to support your next walk 
Social media, yeah. yeah, a lot of social media, okay. a lot of spreading the School, word around. Schools, we little cards out for like where it is and what time. Yeah, we have a great time too. Okay. And Amanda, I'm gonna kind of put you on the spot here, but how important has family been during this time? And you better say a lot. <laughs> Just kidding. I want a true answer. <laughs> well, it, it's definitely been a lifesaver, you know, having friends and family that have been able to be there when I need, I can't handle it all. Yeah. Being able to say, I can't handle it all right now and have the family and and pick it up, you know, and say, we got this together, you know? Yeah. So it definitely has been, I could have done it with everybody without my family. <laughs> well, and I know mom was very instrumental in that for yeah. a long time Absolutely. until she moved, mm -hmm. but because um, she was Lived helping. really with, close and yeah. was able to help when I traveled and, and, and yeah. Absolutely. And cooked for the kids and did all that fun stuff. So For sure. Um, anything else you want to tell us about the muscular dystrophy that we can share with our audience and is particularly with employers who might or not even be aware that this is an issue? <laughs> I think that what's really interesting is um, we live in a, a time where things have become much different than they were 30 years ago. Mm -hmm. um, companies are um, trying to to be better at inclusiveness, and not just companies. Um, Audrey's school, I mean, it's amazing. She's, the inclusiveness there, and you know, if somebody was to say something bad, she'd have five people <laughs> behind, you know, per, like, what'd you say? <laughs> Do you so, think that's a school thing, or no, that I, she has chosen her circle of friends well? I think it's a generational thing. Okay. These kids today are amazing. They're just so inclusive versus what, like, I grew up with. You know, right. and yeah, so there's just not that, you know, where somebody with her disability might have been bullied 30 years ago, 40 years ago. It's not the case here. So we're very thankful for that. But I also see that in the workplace. Mm -hmm. And so I think that what companies can do is continue that trend, continue that importance towards um, learning about disabilities, accommodating for disabilities, not just what you're required to do by law, but really looking at the employee that has a disability or the employee that has a child with a disability and what can be do to what can be done to help their happiness level because again I think that that makes a productive employee and I know that prior to you being laid off you had been with the company five years yes five I can't believe I'm keeping up with all this <laughs> I can barely keep up with you and your age I was like when they say she's 13 I'm like no she's not <laughs> So um, I still remember that time you came around the corner when you were like four years old and you scared Steve. Remember that? And, it, and, she, and it was just a boom, boom. <laughs> Out of nowhere. It was so cute. But um, now I got sidetracked. I don't know where I was going with that. <laughs> so what is your favorite thing to do now? Um, I like to swim. Um, I like doing makeup. Oh, yeah. You did your mom's makeup today. <laughs> Thank you. Because you do... Yeah. Don't you do the makeup for... Oh, my theater class, yeah. So, and you're in theater. You've been in Little Women, right? Yeah, Little Women. I was in um, 10 Ways to Survive a Zombie Apocalypse, and Squirrel Girl Goes to College before they got canceled because of COVID-19. Ugh, very big into theater these days. <laughs> that is so awesome. Well, I am so proud of you for <laughs> everything that you do and not just, you know, throwing up your hands and going, I'm not doing anything because I have muscular dystrophy. I don't have to. I mean, you just... You... Are a normal teenager, normal teenager, absolutely, and and but not a bratty teenager. <laughs> <laughs> so, 
So, all right, guys. So if people had questions about MDA, um, did would, do you want them to get in touch with you, maybe on LinkedIn? Or? Yeah, MDA.org, but also um, I'm happy to answer any questions. We have um, lots of involvement, so um, we can definitely put anyone in touch with whatever needs to occur. Okay. And, um, we love to bring awareness, so that's the big thing about um, our MDA walk, which if it happens, it'll be in September again this year. Awesome. And the, her sister's drill team performs, so that's yeah. fun. And it's exciting. It's a fun yeah. time. Yeah. And I love that Zaylee, who is our older sister, um, really supports you. And I think that's important, too. I mean, you yeah. just have support all around. And so For sure. that's pretty awesome. <laughs> all right. Well, we are to the point where we are going to ask our VIP questions. <laughs> all right. <laughs> you ready? Okay. And I'm not, I don't know who's going to answer which one or if I'm you not both want to answer. We'll so I'm just going to ask and you guys take it away. So if you were one of the first call, if you were chosen to be one of the first colonists on Mars, what three things or people would you take with you? <laughs> we were talking about this. We were saying like, just build a bigger colony so we can bring more people. But like, <laughs> <laughs> that's why she does. Breaks the, the rules. <laughs> but if you had to do three yeah. things. I like that though. <laughs> Probably my dog. <laughs> yeah, yeah, Lily Nelson. Shout out to Lily Nelson. <laughs> and then, well, my mom. Oh, she needs mm. me. Yeah. <laughs> Things to cook because I keep me busy. There you go. That's right. You love to cook too, yeah. don't you? That's awesome. That's good. Awesome. Okay. What is one thing you do each day to set, or each morning to set your day up for success? I'll let you answer this again. You can both answer. Um, I cook a good like breakfast and drink coffee. Yeah. What were you doing the other day when we were talking? Were you making was, breakfast for oh, your yeah. sister? Yes. Yeah. That's awesome. I was making biscuits and gravy. <laughs> she loves to cook. <laughs> what do you do, Amanda? Um, let's see. Um, coffee is for sure the first <laughs> thing. But definitely arranging my day through writing um, what am I'm going to accomplish for the day, yep. you know, kind of setting the expectations so that I don't miss something that I wanted to make sure I get done. <laughs> I do the same thing. I think that is so important that you put your day, that you literally write it down, not type it, write it down. There's right. magic in writing. I agree with that. It works really well. And then even, you know, an asterisk by what is the most important thing you absolutely want to get yep. done for today. So that helps just really schedule my day out and helps me be successful. Do you just write it out or do you have like a specific, do you have a guided journal or some kind of guided format? No, no. I mean, I go back and forth, but currently just a, a spiral. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Okay. It's interesting how people keep up with stuff. You know, yeah. some people do like the bullet journal style or. I have a bullet journal. Do you really? Yeah. Why does that not surprise <laughs> me? <laughs> do you like it? Yes. Okay. It's not too hard? <laughs> okay. Um, I'm trying to get. <laughs> all right. My last question for you, and you can both answer if you want to. If your life's work was being summarized in a news article, what would the headline be? I don't know how to answer. I would say what you said earlier. Yeah. <laughs> well, you said hold my beer. Yeah. <laughs> but then you said what well, for? You know, like, oh, I said hold my apple juice. <laughs> I think that's great. That sounds like a great book title. I know. <laughs> hold my apple. Hold juice. my apple juice. That'd be awesome. <laughs> Why do you say that? Hold your apple juice so you can do something else. Take, Take care, care of the world. <laughs> Well, guys, this has been so much fun, and I'm so glad that we were able to work out the timing yes. so that you could come on and share your story with everyone. It's so applicable it's to everything that we do, and Audrey, I'm going to cry. I'm so <laughs> proud of you. I'm so thank proud you. of you. So, Well, thank you for having us. 
But really, that's been really amazing. We really appreciate it. Well, awesome. Well, I just have one more thing to say to you. You are VIPs. Yay. <laughs> <laughs> Wonderful. And that's a wrap for today. Join us next week here on the We Are VIP podcast. We'd love to know how we can help you be a VIP. To find out more, log on to wearevip.com.